Amen. If you have your Bibles, please open up to 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Always an honor to gather with God's people, to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, recently I asked the question, I was with my children, and I asked the question, who's the strongest man in the world? To which one child replied, the one with the stone in his hand. You know, I thought the answer would be you, Father. I mean, that's how we're supposed to respond when we're a child, aren't we? Who's the strongest man in the world? And the one was referring to David. Who's the strongest man in the world? The one with the stone in his hand. And then another child piped up, and the bravest too. You know, there's a message there. The Philistines gathered their armies together to battle. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together. The Philistines stood on one, on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. We pick up the text in verse 4. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs, and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him... And kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words, the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. There's a giant in the valley, a giant standing tall, crying out, choose a man for yourselves. Let him come down to me. Can you hear them in the camp? Who's the strongest man in the world? Who's the bravest man in the world looking around, listing off names? going through the ranks, 
No. When they heard the words of the giant, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Giants often take to the valley floor, calling us to come down from the mountain to fight. A defying voice. A voice that drives discouragement and fear into people. A voice that disheartens and terrifies people. This giant was calling out for a one-on-one fight. What hope did they have? Was there not one man among them strong enough to try? Was there not one man among them brave enough to try? We pick it up at verse 12. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to battle were Eliab the firstborn, next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp. And carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went, as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle for Israel. And the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. Verse 22 and on, And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Any takers? Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine 
that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And his anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? And he turned. He turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Am I reading this right? A young man, a shepherd boy, the keeper of a few sheep. And when the call and threats and appearance of a giant struck dismay and fear into the great warriors of Israel, the same struck heart and faith into David. David was taken aback. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Here he is already proving he's at least the most horrified man in the world. David's brother has a word with him. His oldest brother heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride, the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Thanks, bro. Often, the dismayed and fearful are infuriated by the hearted and faith-filled. I say it again today. Often the dismayed and fearful are infuriated by the hearted and faith-filled. I share with you words from Charles Spurgeon. We have all thought a great deal of the courage of David in meeting giant Goliath. But probably we have not given him credit for his conduct in a previous contest. We have not sufficiently noticed that immediately before the encounter with the Philistine, he fought a battle which cost him far more thought, prudence, and patience. The word battle in which he had to engage with his brothers and with King Saul was a more trying ordeal to him than going forth in the strength of the Lord to smite the uncircumcised boaster. Many a man meets with more trouble from his friends than from his enemies. And when he has learned to overcome the depressing influence of prudent friends, he makes short work of the opposition of avowed adversaries. David met this charge in the very wisest way. He answered with a few soft words and then turned away. 
He did not continue to argue, for in such a contest to multiply words is to increase ill feeling. And he who is first silent is the conqueror. Grandly did this young man restrain himself, though the provocation was very severe, and herein he won the honors of the man who restrains his spirit, and he is greater than the soldier who takes a city. I admire David as he selects his five smooth stones from the brook, but I admire him quite as much when he so gently replies where others might have been angry. And then so wisely turns aside from a debate which could not have been profit, could not have been to the profit of either party. David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Verse 31 to 33. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. And he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. I mean, surely he wouldn't be so foolish and disrespectful as to suggest a royal heart could fail. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. I mean, what do you say to that? The king of Israel, the leader of the armies of Israel tells you, you're not able. You're a youth. It's at these times, brothers and sisters, we need to declare the former victories of the Lord. How the Lord used us. How the Lord prepared us. And how the Lord delivered us and caused us to deliver. Knowing that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Verses 34 to 37, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. You know what the voice Bible says? How it reads, for 40 days this Philistine giant Goliath of Gath, imagine it, 40 days, stepped forward challenging the men of Israel every morning and evening, but no one was brave enough to accept the challenge. Ah, but one had come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And he would go out after the giant who had taken heart and faith out of the flock. He would go out to meet this giant. 
He defied the armies of the living God. David, the bravest man in the world that day. But his bravery was not in and of himself. The Lord was his source. The Lord was his source. He overcomes when speaking with Saul. Declares the former victories. And Saul finally gives in. He says, hey, go. The Lord be with you. Saul then tries to clothe David in his armor, in his own armor. I mean, he wouldn't stand a chance otherwise. And the lesson here is this. The armor and weapons of another simply don't fit. It was no time to start testing out other weapons and armor. It was no time to try and walk into battle, drawing near to the enemy, clothed in untested armor. Verses 38 to 40, Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these. I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. I wonder what all the soldiers were thinking. No helmet, no sword, five little stones, and a sling. What a foolish shepherd boy. Verses 41 to 51, so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Here he is mocking the weapons of his warfare. What are we here for? Are we here to play a game of fetch? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands 
So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead. And he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with the sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword, what strength, and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Who's the strongest man in the world? The one with a stone in his hand. Who's the bravest man in the world? The one with a stone in his hand. If we can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. Psalm 18, verse 34, He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Psalm 144, verse 1, a psalm of David, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. What words are these? Unto God be honor, who while he taught his servants' hands to war and his fingers to fight, also taught his tongue to utter right words, by which he put to silence those who would have abashed him. I say today, let the Lord train you. Let the Lord prepare you. Let him train your hands for war and your fingers for battle. He alone can give you the skills you need for battle, the skills you need to win the fight and bring the giant down. Call on the Lord. Lord, prepare me. Train my hands. Train my fingers for battle. And Lord, train my tongue that I may utter the right words. Who is this David, this young man, next to this giant? I mean, surely, as he drew near to the giant, he came to know full well just how big this giant was. Was his stature enough? In and of himself, no. Next to this giant, one might call David an ant. But if the Lord can get a hold of an ant... He can turn him into a G.I. ant. He can turn any Joe into a soldier, a warrior, an overcomer, a conqueror, a champion. He can turn any Joe into a giant killer, a giant slayer, into the bravest man in the world, the strongest man in the world. Listen to his words. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. 
This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Israel had put their trust in sword and spear, but sword and spear aren't the answer. You see, if they were, then why wasn't there a man strong enough and brave enough among the troops? Surely, these men were skilled. Surely, these men were experienced. Trained warriors. Tried warriors. Years of fighting under their belt. Strong. How could David be so strong? How could David be so brave? Because he knew his God. He knew his faithfulness. He knew his strength. He had passed victory shooting adrenaline into his soul. He remembered how the Lord had delivered him and strengthened him. And how he had opened up his life to the training of the Lord. Listen to these words, and perhaps I've shared them in the past. It is for our own benefit that God tells us to remember. The memory of our past deliverances helps to increase our faith for what we are going through right now. Are you facing a crisis? Sitting in this room today, are you facing a crisis? Do you have a menacing giant of a problem at home, at work, or in your family? The only way to face a giant is to, as David did do, remember the lion and the bear. By remembering God's faithfulness to him in his past crisis, David could go up against Goliath without fear. When David volunteered to fight Goliath, Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. And David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. David knew the danger he was facing against Goliath. He wasn't some novice, a naive kid full of bravado and looking for a fight. No, David was simply remembering his past deliverances and how he looked his enemy squarely in the eye and stated, The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. The words continue, multitudes of God's people today face giants on all sides. 
yet many cower in fear. Does this describe you? Have you forgotten the time you were so sick that you were close to death, but the Lord raised you up? Do you remember that financial disaster when you thought, that's it, I'm finished, yet the Lord saw you through it and has kept you to this day? There are many things we don't understand and we won't understand until we are home with Jesus. But I absolutely believe that God can heal and that He has a way out of every situation. The question for us is, where do we find the faith, the courage to stand up and gain victory in Him? It comes only by remembering the lion and the bear. It comes when you're able to recall the incredible faithfulness of God and the past victories He has given you. You can't face a giant until you're able to envision and understand the majesty and glory of God in your life. Let's have the worship team return today. How could David be so strong? How could David be so brave? Please hear these words today. He wouldn't put on anything the Lord hadn't trained him in. And he wouldn't take up anything the Lord hadn't trained him with. And David made himself strong and brave, not in and of himself, but as he recalled the past victories, as he dwelled on the faithfulness of God, And what made David so strong and brave is the very fact that he didn't come in his name. He came in his name, the name of the Lord of hosts. I want to highlight today, and I trust we can hear this, that his goal was not that everyone knew how strong and brave David was. David's heart was that all the earth might know that there is a God in Israel. Listen, church, God can use a man like this. In fact... God will use a man like this. The Lord put a stone in the man's hand. And the Lord trained the man's hand. As I've already said, let the Lord train you. Let the Lord ready you and prepare you. Let him train your hands for war. And when there is a cause, remember He's put a stone in your hand. Go in the strength that is yours. The Lord who delivered you from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver you from the hand of this Philistine. Five stones. You ever sat back and wondered, why five stones? There are answers for these. Perhaps he thought it might take more than one. Why five stones? I hear the Lord. Perhaps one for the victory over the lion. 
a token of remembrance. And a second for the victory over the bear. Perhaps a third for the victory over his brother's disdain. And a fourth for the victory in the battle with Saul. And yes, the fifth. A stone of faith for the giant that would fall. Or was the fifth stone for a dog? The giant said so. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? A manner of warfare he wasn't accustomed to. Lion, bear, dog. This is what I feel to say today. When the Lord is on your side, perhaps the enemy gets easier in ways. And it does. The giant recognized the power of a man surrendered to God and he knew his stature. A dog. And my, did David and the Lord fetch a victory that day. We're here in the house of the Lord. And I wonder if there's anyone here today that does not know the greater David, Jesus Christ. Do you know the greater David, Jesus Christ? The one who defeated our great giant? The one who has given us victory over sin and death? He was the strongest and bravest man to ever walk the earth. And he is the rock of our salvation, a stone in the hand of his father God, completely surrendered as the father slung him at the giant enemy of our souls, that dog, Satan. 1 John 4.10, this is love. It is not that we loved God, but that he loved us. For God sent his son to pay for our sins with his own blood. Do you know Jesus today? Do you know the greater David today? He's already secured the victory for your life, concerning your life. But you have to receive him as Lord, as Savior. Welcome him in and acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you've fallen short. Acknowledge all the wrong that you've done and ask Jesus to come into your heart, into your life. Begin to work on you, to cleanse you and wash you Wash away your sins. He took the cross for you. He died a criminal's death for you, and he had never done anything wrong. Never said one wrong word. He took the cross for you. Nails pierced his hands and his feet, a crown of thorns thrust into his skull, 
hanging there with arms wide open to welcome each son and each daughter that would respond to the great news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus. He's the only answer. One day we will pass from this life without knowing the greater David, the great giant killer, as our personal Lord and Savior. We won't stand in the day of judgment. But the good news is, as I've said many times, there's hope while there's still breath in your lungs. And if you'd receive him today, he will come and make you a new creation. Old things will pass away, and all things will become new. Give your life to him today. You know, I, I wonder if there's anyone here in need of a David anointing. You look at your life and you realize, I need a David anointing. And perhaps right now, you haven't even faced a lion or a bear. Listen, you need a David anointing just to tend the flock, just to look after a few sheep. And you need a David anointing to take on the lion, and to take on the bear, and to take on the dog, the giant. And sometimes we fight as the people of God. There's a giant and we go out, but other times we know how it is. The giant takes to the valley floor calling for a one-on-one -on -one fight. That's why we all need a David anointing. That's why we all need to cry out that the Lord train our hands for war. Because there are giants we will face and have to face all alone. A giant you will have to face. Even though you're married, you'll have to face it all alone. A giant you'll have to face even though you're surrounded by a group of people in a church. A community of believers full of faith. And perhaps they're not those that have lost hope and are fearful. They're full of faith, but they have their own giants to fight. But you know there's a giant calling your name. There's a giant saying, send me a man, send me a woman that we might fight together. I feel for some here today, it's time to hurry down. It's time to hurry down. It's time to run down. It's been long enough. The taunting and defying. Take heart and hurry in faith. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. The Lord has trained you. The Lord has prepared you. You need to remember the past victories. Some are standing right now. Facing a giant, there's a giant calling them to fight one-on-one. -on -one. They're bombarded by thoughts of disbelief, crippled by fear. 
And God is saying, remember the victories of the past. How long ago did you slay a lion? How long ago did you slay the bear? Remember the victories of the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You look at this giant and you say, this is a way bigger problem than a little old lion. This is a way bigger problem than the bear. But that giant is nothing. Nothing inside of who your God is. We need to pull on the past victories. We need to cry out and say, Lord, strengthen me today. Lord, that Davidic anointing, that David anointing, I needed to rise up today. I'm facing a giant. I'm facing a crisis. I'm facing a problem. A problem at home, problem in my marriage, problem in my business, whatever it might be, my health. Lord, I rise up today in faith. Rise up today in faith. Rise up today in faith. Why don't we stand in this house? We're going to begin to lift this song. you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you to come to the front this morning. I invite you to step out of your seat this morning and surrender your heart and your life to Him. Don't leave this place without making the decision to follow Jesus. The clock's ticking. The time is short. Surrender your life. We'll give you a Bible this morning. You can take that, write your name in the front cover, begin to read of the goodness of the Lord. Someone who's praying with you can direct you to the book of John, begin to read of what Jesus Christ has done for you. If you're here today in this house and you say, I need a Davidic anointing, I need a David anointing, you know that you failed in the battle. You're not strong enough in and of yourself, and you're saying, Lord, I need you to train my hands for war. I need you to train my fingers for battle. I need you to clothe me in what you would have me clothed in. I need you to put in my hand what I need to secure victory. And if we're here today and we have been trained, would you let the Lord train your tongue? Perhaps that's the last thing he needs to train us to say what's right and speak what's right concerning the situation and circumstance. To not fight with carnal means, but fight with the means of the Lord. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you today. If you need prayer for anything else, if you're facing an ailment in your body or sickness, perhaps you've come before. Let's stand in faith today. Let brothers and sisters gather around and lay hands and declare the goodness of the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we give you all the glory in this house today. We declare the mighty name of Jesus in this house today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.